Thanks so much for tuning into the first episode of Storytime with Brandon. I'm Brandon Patrick. I can't thank you guys enough. Today on the show, we've got a good friend of mine, Mr. Chris Porter. Chris Porter is a stand-up comedian. He's taken me on the road a number of times over the years. Uh, He's a great friend. And one of the things we both love to talk about is music. Chris has been fortunate enough to hang out with some amazing, famous, awesome musicians. And he's going to tell some of those stories. Enjoy. I love nitrous. Uh, I don't do it a lot, but when I do do it, I do a lot of it. And uh, Like a whole little box of them? Let me put it this way. Uh, a guy, last summer, a friend of mine took me to this hotel party with these people that were at my show. And they love me. And we walk into this hotel room and the guy goes, I, he goes, I got any drug you want. And you know me. I was like, I just want some weed. And he yeah. goes, oh, I don't have weed. And he goes, but I got nitrous. I was like, that works. I love nitrous. <laughs> so he gives me the apparatus to do the nitrous out of, and then literally a bag of whippet cancers. The little small ones. Yeah, the little bullet-looking things. Yeah. Yeah. So I just start crushing these. Every <laughs> once in a while, a girl will come over and crush a couple with me, but I'm just crushing these. And it's not great nitrous. I'm not really getting the want, want, wants like I want to. Yeah. Uh, but like it's making the party doable. Uh, an hour later, the dude came over and took the bag from me. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> it's like, however like, much I, you want, except for that much. Yeah. It was like, oh, I've never seen anyone do that much nitrous. So we did a lot of nitrous when I toured uh, with Chris Robinson. Uh, when I would just ride on the back of the bus and whether it was the black crows or whether it was Chris Robinson brotherhood, there was a bunch of nitrous tanks. It wasn't always there, but it was there quite often. Okay. And so, you know, there'd be nights we'd just be in the back of the bus with a tank of nitrous in between us and just crushing <laughs> and just balloon after balloon of really good nitrous. And you, you, that's, that's when nitrous is super fun is when you're just doing massive amounts of decent quality nitrous. Cause then it's just wah, 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 wah. You're very stony. You're giggly. Your, your voice gets way down here. Yeah. And, uh, one night we were doing it on the black rose bus and we we're coming back from Arizona to LA and the bus stops. And, uh, we know we're on, I mean, we all live in LA or have lived in LA. So we know very well that there's no reason to stop. Once you, leave. <laughs> there's no reason unless right. the, you've been forced to. And uh, so we get pulled over. And so the front of the, on that bus, the front of the, bus, the front lounge was for anyone that just wanted to watch TV and hang out and not do drugs or listen to weird music. And then the back lounge was for everyone that wanted to smoke weed do nitrous and listen to whatever the fuck Chris was playing. And uh, <clears throat> so we get pulled over. We know it. So we just start stashing everything. And, but you know, we're still fucked. Like if they open cabinet one, it's right. Open. You can't like, and, uh, yeah. And I mean, we got nothing major mushrooms, weed, nitrous, I guess, but you know, whatever. So fucking, <laughs> uh, we hide everything and we're all sitting there just staring at this tank of nitrous. 
that's sitting in between us. We can't hide it. What are you going to do? And my buddy, I'll remember, I'll never forget this. He fucking took a handkerchief and just set it on top of it and looked at all of us <laughs> and just shrugged. And I was like, it's what we're doing. And then the bus just took off. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, it ended up just being an immigration checkpoint. And so when they pulled us over, they're like, who's in the bus? They're like, the Black Crows. And they're like, rock on. And that was the end of it. <laughs> but yeah, it was a weird time. That could have gone... I mean, with weed and mushrooms, it wouldn't have gone too bad, but it still wouldn't have been a oh, fun I time. Yeah, I definitely would have made the news with the Black Crows. Yeah. It would have been like Chris Porter. It would have been like the Black Crows and notable comedian. <laughs> or... The Black Crows and others. So, uh, but yeah, that was um, a lot of those times were fun. It was fun to, to, you know, it's weird to idolize a band that the way I did for so long with the Black Crows and follow them around. You know, you were a fan before you hung out with them, right? Yeah. By the time I'd made friends with them, I'd seen them 47 times. And I'm not, that's not a, it's not a over exaggeration, and That's if it is, number. it's probably by three or four. But I'd seen them quite because, like, during the last comic standing run, I just took all that. I took all that money and fucking gave it to the Black Crows. <laughs> like I just <laughs> and and whatever airline got me to see the Black Crows, I just followed them around. And and if I had a weekend off and the Crows were playing, I flew out there and I saw the shows because you know they play a different set every night and. uh and so then when I got to be friends with them and they're like, come on a road with us. It was so almost famous that I couldn't not do it. And then, you know, during those shows, during the black crow shows where I was riding the bus, I would, while they were playing, I'd run out to the fucking back of the house and like be where I always, you know, where I was back in the day. And then be like, I remember standing back here wishing I could go backstage and just hang with the band. And then I would go, and now I'm going to do that. And I would, <laughs> and I do that like three times a show some nights. I was just like, That's it was so always dope. more entertaining. Yeah. So, and then uh, I remember one night and it was kind of, it was cool in the fact that you're like, even the Black Crows have shitty gigs, but then you're like, Oh, it never gets like you never get past it. Like you'll always have shitty gigs. It never stops. It never, no matter how famous you or legendary you are. We pulled into this casino in Northern California. And it was just a, like a there and back thing. Like we were driving up, doing the show, and then coming back. And like when I say we, I was literally just on the bus. You weren't like doing time or anything? I wasn't doing time. I wasn't roading. Like with, with Chris's other band, like I'd help him move shit because it was a much smaller operation. But when the Black Crows go, there's like two trailers and three buses. And yeah, it's a machine know, that automates they, itself. Yeah, they just show up, do sound check, whatever. So we get to this casino and I was just hanging on the bus with Chris because uh, there wasn't much to do inside at the time. And so the keyboardist, my buddy Adam, comes on and he goes, uh, he goes, well, this is going to be weird. And I'm like, what? He goes, we're playing a food court. I'm like, what? what? He goes, yeah, dude, they've shut down the food court. We're playing the food court of this casino. I'm like, get the fuck. He goes, go look. 
Well, now they're sure enough. They've shut down all the shitty little half, like one potato two or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And they put a curtain in front of all of it, complete with they had like a double soda fountain, like right off stage, because that's where it was normally. And it was still on. And I just remember crushing because I that's when I was drinking soda like a madman. Yeah. And I just sat there next to the just drank as much Dr. Pepper as I could. And probably paid 97 times on the drive back. But I just remember, like, not only was it, like, a shitty setup, the crowd sucked. Like, they weren't gray. They weren't really into it. And then Chris, like, normally at the end of, like, a lot of his songs, like, he's so gospel influenced that he was, like, you know, he's not a like a lot of fucking weird-ass vocal trail-offs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And dude, that show he did none of that shit. It was just like, <laughs> and this vocals. is how that song ends over. And <laughs> I remember I when the show ended, you know, they always ended with remedy, and they're walking off stage, and I didn't know if they were going to do an encore. So I was just talking to this couple that I think I'd met that night. I think they worked for the gig or something. I don't remember, but I was just talking to somebody. I just remember Chris walked off. From doing the literally off stage, and he goes, Porter, let's go. And we got <laughs> on the bus, and the bus was gone within 30 seconds. It was the funniest shit in the world. And uh, yeah, that was uh that was a weird night. But yeah, you're just like, oh, so yeah, everyone has shitty gigs still. That's cr- and they like, weren't like on a decline or anything, it just happened to be a yeah, shitty gig. Yeah, it just happened to be. I mean, yeah, by that time. You know, they were pretty much just like that legendary icon status where you're like, every once in a while, we're going to tour. Yeah. You know. Uh, but yeah, man. So that was, those were good times. How long were you with them? A couple of years or? No, 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 no. So while I was with Chris, so I met Chris at the end of the Crows run that ended in like, 2011 okay and or maybe it was was 10 it was 2010 is when that so i met him towards the end of that and so i'd gone to a couple shows and he i met him at the tonight show i met the whole band at the tonight show but really met chris and we we kind of hit it off and talked and right when i left the tonight show i was like hey man i'm gonna see you in kansas city in a couple weeks he's like oh well let the tour manager know have you come backstage and i was like great and then two weeks later i went and i i remember i was bringing my buddy back with me because they gave me two passes and uh i i go uh hey man you know these this has to trap you know this word even if chris remembered like a lot of things have to happen for us to get backstage passes in our hands so if we get up there and and some part of the machine's broken down and we don't get backstage this time. Like, don't worry about it and don't be mad. He's like, okay. And we walked up. It was at the fucking, whatever that rock venue was at uh, station casino or Harris in Kansas city, the voodoo lounge. Voodoo lounge. Yeah. It was at the voodoo lounge. <laughs> what a place. And I walked up to the, <laughs> I walked up to the box office. I go, Hey, my name is Chris Porter. I think I'm on the band list. And she pulled out a full eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper that had the black crow's letterhead on it 
and one name, and it was mine. Holy and the fuck. rest of the page was blank. And she goes, yep, that's you. And she gave us our passes. And so be my, she, I go, what do these do? And she was like, pretty much get you whatever you want. And yeah. I was like, really? And so we Wayne's world our way back there, just <laughs> shoving those things in everyone's faces. Like who, where's this goodest? Where's the band? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I go upstairs and there, there they were. And, Chris talked to us for like half an hour to the point where they literally grabbed him to take him on stage. And uh, we didn't get out front in time for them to, to, they had already started by the time we got out front. Like that's how he was that late. Yeah. It was that late. And uh, so, yeah. And just kept doing that because I kept going to shows and he kept getting me backstage and, and then, the crows ended and then he goes, Hey man, I go, Hey man, you want to grab lunch? He was like, well, I'm starting this new band. You should come hang out with us. And I had this vision where it was going to be like this 1970s party where like, Oh, it's this big ass studio. And there's going to be all these people hanging out, drinking and having fun. Yep. And some chicks doing Coke in the corner and no one's really talking about it. No, it was me, the band and the manager. That was it. (laughs) It's, have you seen the uh, British dude, Mad Dogs and Englishman album? Oh, Joe Cocker. Joe Cocker. There's a documentary about that album, and it is the party you described. Oh, really? There's a Mad Dogs documentary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's on DVD. I've got it. And it's because uh, I bought you. You said that was a good album. So I tried to buy it, and they sent the DVD instead. And I was like, fucking whatever. This is cool. Yeah. And their tour bus was like 40 people, like girlfriends, hanger-ons, and just insanity. And it's like, yeah, the documentary has more songs than the album. Uh, I recommend checking that out. Okay, I'll definitely check that out. Uh, That's one of my favorite records. Yeah. Uh, Did a bunch of shows. And so then when the band started, or so I was at the rehearsals. And so when the band started touring, I'd really become like really close with the tour manager at this point. Like he's still one of my best friends at this point, but uh, at this point we become real close. And he was like, man, I wish you could just go out on the road with us. I'll talk to Chris about it. And they talked about the whole band talked about, it. they were like, yeah, we'd love to have Chris on. And so the first couple of times I was, uh, <clears throat> the first time I ever got to be on a tour bus it was like this weird dream come true where I showed up to a Chris Robinson gig with my luggage in Kansas city was at knuckleheads. And, uh, I remember I handed my bag to, I threw my bag underneath the bus. My dad came with me with my friends and Chris and my dad talked for a while. And which was hilarious. I mean, I was 30 something at the time. They talked like I was 14 and then he was taking his son (laughs) And uh, I love your dad. Yeah, he's the best. But, you know, so, yeah, we saw the show. And then next thing I know, I'm tripping my balls off on a tour bus <laughs> headed towards Aspen. And my first tour bus ride, the first length was a 14 hour drive. And so we just partied all night, slept all day and woke up and still like stopped for coffee and then still had like four more hours. And then that night I met Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. Holy shit. Yeah, it was a weird 48 <laughs> hours. Yeah. 
what a weird two days to go from Kansas City and then it's like, oh, famous people, music. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I've oh, and Kurt Russell's kind of racist. Weird. It's a big surprise there. What is he, Australian? Kurt Russell? No, I think he's just American, I think. I'm thinking of Russell Crowe. That's who you're thinking of, yeah. Uh at one point at set break, we were all hanging out and Chris Robinson was telling us because you know, Curtin Goldie are grandparents to his son, but he's got a daughter with another wife, and he was telling about the daughter's swim coach, and he was Jamaican. Yes. And they call him like the swim whisperer. And like, is he such a good teacher? And the guy, Chris goes, Chris goes, yeah, it's this Jamaican dude. They call him the whisperer. And Kurt Russell goes, a Jamaican swim teacher? What? <laughs> what? And like, even Goldie was just like, Goldie Hall was like, oh, Kurt, come on. <laughs> and I mean, he was half joking, but like, definitely not a joke and not racist person, mate. Right. I mean, that's how Cool Runnings got greenlit, is someone was shocked they had a bobsledding team. <laughs> I think if Kurt would have ran with that, they could have done, like, Cool Swimming, like the sequel. Cool Swimming. <laughs> Honey, I swam your kids. <laughs> They're letting them coach swimming now. Look at that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so... Um... Yeah, there were a lot of weird nights on that bus. There's been a lot of weird nights in my life, man. It's just, you know, I've become friends with a bunch of weird people. Yeah, you went from the Robinsons to Kid Rock, which is such a swing, man. Such a, and you know what? And here's the thing: it's not Bob himself is is a kind, generous, uh, not nearly as racist as he seems, man. <laughs> uh, and 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 I would say not racist at all. I mean, you 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 might want to ask his half black son, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I yeah, I don't. Again, I, I, a white guy shouldn't be saying if anyone's racist or not. Anyway, uh, but he's a good guy. You've seen him be. A it's good the guy. people you meet hanging out with him that are that's crazy town. Oh yeah, like I met. That's how I met Justin Verlander, and then that led to the Justin Verlander Mumford and Son story. Uh, that's how I met uh, fucking, what was it? This was leading me. Oh, I met. So, all right. So let me preface this. I was doing shows with him at in Tennessee. He put this thing on called the Fish Fry. And it was basically just a way for him to put on a concert that was seven minutes away from his house. And he booked all these other acts. So it was like an all day event for like a week, kind of like a kid rock festival. basically. Yeah. He's and got the every, cruise too. Every day at four, I would go on like during this, like weird, like not wine tasting, but the kid rock, probably a whiskey tasting. I would go do comedy <laughs> and the first. So, and I've already done the cruise at this point, he and our friends at this point. And so the first show he stands right off stage and watches me because he's a big fan and a good friend. And then I'm doing a show and the left two thirds watched me and the right one third watched him watch me. <laughs> and so, and so the second day I was like, 
hey man why don't you just drop me off yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, I, I don't he's like yeah it's a good thing so uh so I would do my show and then I would usually come back and, you know, I'd, I'd probably been drinking with Bob at some point during the day, most of the days. So I was probably a little tired. So I would take a nap after the show and then wake up because Bob would go on stage at like 915. So we'd leave the house at like 845 or something. Because literally we just pull up and Bob would pretty much just work on stage. Nice. And uh, is he doing country or rap at this point? He's doing all of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's uh because by the time I'd met him, he'd done all, like, he's through the countryside of it. And now he's just playing, like, you go to see one of his shows, you hear, like, four different genres of music. Gotcha. Uh, from rock and roll to heavy metal to the rap stuff to the fucking uh, country stuff. Does he play anything? Or is he just singing? He plays, okay, so he plays all the things. And as a matter of fact, there's a point in every show where he runs around and plays all the things. Oh, that's dope. And I love to see hilarious that. It's hilarious because his fans love it. And to the casual music fan, he's amazing. But he's good at like two of them. Yep. Three, if you count uh, the turntables. Okay. I've heard okay. he's a good DJ. He's a good DJ. Uh, he's a really good piano player uh not and he's a really good piano player not in like he's gonna play a steely dance song or some shit like that but he's a really good piano player in the fact like you name any pop rock song of the last 20 years he'll fucking hammer it out for you right there nice uh so he's a good piano player he's, he's a decent guitar player but then he gets behind the drums and you're like fucking move on move on <laughs> when's and, this over uh, but it's hilarious because, like, everyone in his, in his inner circle, we kind of make fun of it. Because it's just like, just fucking do your thing. Like, you're really good at, like, three things. Why, why are you showing your weaknesses? And then, Yeah, yeah. Don't then, expose yourself. But then you talk to the fans, and they're like, you know what my favorite part of the show is? <laughs> he runs around and plays all the things. So, anyway, uh, we're and, – and also another person I met – like you and like me, that's just completely obsessed with music at all times, listening to it, consuming it, really? writing it. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so I, I take my nap. I think this was the second night of the fish fry. I take my nap and I wake up and I'm walking out to his deck to smoke weed. And I go, Hey man, I'm going to go outside and get hot. And he goes, Okay, the Presleys are out there. And I go, I don't know who that is. And I walked outside. And when I walked outside, I saw Priscilla and Lisa Marie Presley and their entourage. Oh, shit. And the I Presleys. went, oh, the Presleys. Oh, those <laughs> ones. And Priscilla walked up to me and shook my hand and was like, hi, I'm Priscilla. And I go, hi, I'm Chris. And in my head, all I was thinking was, I'm touching the hand that touched Elvis's dick. Yep. Like, I'm not, and when it, Elvis Beatles, I'm a Beatles guy, but you have to respect the fucking vein that rock and roll went through. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he, he did rip off a bunch of black folk. Uh, but, you know, he made it palatable to a bunch of stuck up white people. Exactly. He made it, he sanitized it, which is what furthered the art form. It sucks to say it, but like, yeah, he made it. 
he McDonald's it up for everyone. <laughs> I was like, you can't handle ribs? Well, I got the McRibs. And they're like, oh, this is much easier. There's no bone. Yeah, it's just chewy. And I'm not afraid of it. Yeah. And uh, so I'm just like, I, I'm like, I can't believe I'm like this close to like the uh, like a major organ in the rock and roll body. And uh, yeah, and then met least Priscilla was and and still is. I mean, I think this was five or six years ago. Maybe, maybe four years ago. No, it was five, it was it was 2015. So it was seven years ago. Oh shit. Priscilla was 70 something, 80 something, and looked great for her age, always had a beer in her hand, was never out of sorts, was always Oh, just like classy and upright? Classy, sat straight up, talked without any slur whatsoever, was never drunk, but always was hanging. Uh, Lisa Marie was a fucking chocolate mess. (laughs) And just, like when I shook her hand and looked in her eyes, it was just nothing but fucking, nothing was there. Yeah. And uh, at one night, you know, and then she started crying, you know, because basically what happened, we went to the show. And then we went to this like after party on another part of Kid Rock's property. And then all the like really close people went to the actual like Kid Rock's house. And we all hung out like because all of a sudden I like looked around and I'm at this party and like all the principal players are gone. And I'm like, so I just text Bob. I'm like, where the fuck are you? I mean, so he's like sending a cart for you. I was like, great. <laughs> and So this is like like Redneck Paisley Park. Yeah, but like, but like, people like the people that know Prince, you're you're going to like the the super high end room, like it's like you and Prince and fucking Shaka Khan, yeah, and, <laughs> and fucking Larry Camp, Larry, Larry Graham, Larry Graham. God damn it, I love those records, dude. Uh, it, uh, anyway, so we go up and it's. Kid Rock, Lisa, Priscilla, uh, their entourage, and like all of Kid Rock's buddies, uh, which are all like a bunch of good old boys from Alabama and Detroit, and a couple of cops from Detroit, and we're all just hanging out, and fucking Lisa Marie's crying, Priscilla is still fucking beer in hand, drinking, and my buddy, we're sitting on this couch, and it goes me. My buddy, uh, Priscilla Presley. And my buddy leans over and he goes, I'm going to try to fuck Priscilla Presley. (laughs) And I was like, and he's also that dude that like fucks women for the store. Like he fucked a evangelist lady, like a semi-hot evangelist lady. Oh, nice. Just 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 to to be like, yeah. And uh, so he's like, I'm going to try to fuck Priscilla Presley. And I was like, fuck, that's that's the ultimate. Book. That's a goal. The yeah. Mount Everest of weird fucks. And so he leans over. I don't hear what he says. But he leans over and says something to her. And I don't hear what she says to him, but she shut him down so quickly. <laughs> it was, it literally, it literally went, I'm going to try to fuck Priscilla Presley. I'm a summer. Summer, summer. I'm gonna go try the granddaughter. Like it was that. 
It was that quick, bro. <laughs> and then you realize Priscilla Presley has had it coming at her for fucking 45 years. Oh, my God. Yeah. That woman is like the fucking Star Wars elite of fucking missile defense. <laughs> but yeah, it's chicken's weird, man. Weird nights. Uh, I'll tell you this one last. How long have we been going for? Uh, there is no timer on this screen. So either oh, okay. five minutes or an hour. Okay, great. Well, I'll tell one more story and I'll get out of here. <laughs> Uh, so my buddy, Zach Myers and I were in Vegas. Um, Zach had just gotten off tour and he just wanted to kind of decompress. So he went to Vegas and it was like a Tuesday. So I was like, just come out to Vegas. So I flew out to Vegas and, you know, we were going to go, we went and had lunch and did some stuff and we're just hanging out in his room, which was a very large room. I've seen the rooms that uh, you guys get in Vegas. And I'm like, that my house isn't that. (laughs) (laughs) What you know, it's who you know. And uh, so we text our buddy at the MGM. We're like, it's Tuesday night. What's there to do? He's like, I got you tickets to Copperfield. And I was like, I don't want to see David Copperfield. Like, I'm not, like, magic's cool, but like, I don't need to see it. Like, with other options. Right, right. But on but Tuesday, nobody bigs playing. Like J Lo doesn't play Tuesdays. Fucking Elton Spears, doesn't play Tuesdays. Drake. Yeah. So <clears throat> uh so it's like and and it's in the building. So like we don't even have to like leave. Oh, you just catch an All elevator right. and there it is. There it is. So I'm like, okay, fine, fuck it. I'll give us something to do. So we hang out and the concierge brings the ticket. And he goes, man, there's a meet and greet with this. There's meet and greet vouchers. I go, I don't, and I still remember to this day, I was upstairs. I go, I don't want to meet this motherfucker. (laughs) That's like the only meet and greet that you're like, nah, I'll pass. (laughs) Right. Can I just see that? Do I have to do the meet and greet? Is that like, do I have to? That's not part of it. It's it's at it's at the end, right? I don't have to walk through the meet and greet to get to the show. <laughs> we go see, and so we're sitting at the, we. Our buddy gets us these ridiculous seats, <laughs> and we're sitting there, and we get there early enough to like Google. Like, I wonder how much these seats cost. <laughs> they were three hundred dollars seats. Jesus. For a Tuesday night Copperfield show. Yeah. And there were people sitting in front of us. The so there's fans. people paying even there's people paying even more for this shit. <laughs> and they've all got posters and shit that <clears throat> you can tell came with this package. And uh, so we watch the show, and okay, David Copperfield is worth over eight hundred million dollars. Uh, and he also does fourteen shows a week. Two shows a night, Tuesday through Sunday. The give a shit factor is long gone. Yeah. Like he says his, and it's a very produced magic show. It's very nice. But he says his lines like you're in an audition and he's reading the, he's the, he's giving you, he's giving it to you. Yeah. And not only that, <laughs> he's in, but not only that, you're the last one and they're in a hurry. 
Like, it's just like, and the whole show was like about how he missed his dad. And so, like, he's literally going, I love you. Love you, dad. I miss you, dad. I miss you, dad. I love you, dad. Theme magic. Dude, so cry. So fun. I mean, we're crying, laughing. And fucking, then he would, like, bring people up on stage and he'd be talking so fast, he'd go, what? And then he would say something off the cuff. But when you say something off the cuff, you say it in your regular cadence. Yeah. So he would say, so when he said that, it would destroy, because not only was it funny, it was said at a normal pace. So we're just like, oh, we understood that. Yay. (laughs) And so he does, so he does all the shows and it's fine. And, I don't know about you, but I, when I watch a magic show, especially one, these giant stage shows with all these props, I'm always just looking for what they're doing. To, I'm looking for the out. Yeah. I'm looking for, I'm looking behind the curtain. How's he doing this? Yeah. And a couple of them, I figured out a couple of them was like, no idea. That was pretty great. And, uh, anyway, so at the show ends, and I get up and and they go like, well, if you do the meet and greet, go this way. And I was like, about to say, well, we don't. And my buddy's like, come on, let's go. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I didn't think we were going. He's like, we're going. Fuck it. Let's just go. And I was like, all right. And I'm so glad he made us go because it was the weirdest experience. Oh, I Frank, bet. I'm not, I'm not kidding you. We walked in. An assistant came out. And I go, okay, David's going to come out. And uh, you're going to stand here and you're going to stand here. They have marks. They have marks taped on the floor where you stand. Because uh, And you see this happen in front of you. So I know this is what happened. He he comes up and he was like, hey, how you doing? And they're like, great. You take the photo. And while he, while, he, while he takes the photo with you, an assistant hands him two headshots in that hand. And so when he comes out of the photo, he's already got the headshots in his hand. And he goes, where are you from? That's great. And just hands you the two headshots. You can say the fucking moon. That dude wouldn't bat an eye. You'd be like, oh, that's great. (laughs) Yeah, I've been there. All right. He's he's so far away at this point. The kid in front of us, this was the best line. I hope I get a chance to use this someday. (laughs) Fucking cop. The kid comes up to Copperfield and goes, I saw you in Australia 10 years ago. Copperfield, without skipping a beat, goes, I know. (laughs) So, like, Uh, when he's not checked out, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. But he's, it's weird how, like, he is checked out so, so deep. Like, you can just see up there, like, He's up on stage going, man, I wonder what's going to happen on Ozark this season. <laughs> right? uh, but yeah, so he puts his arms around us and he, he asks us where we're from and signs the things. We walk away and they fucking, I don't know if they pump weird ass gas into that fucking hallway or not, but we walk outside and they're like, do you want to see your photos with Dave? And we're like, yeah. And they show them to us in this like binder, like the whole like whole like placeholder binder set that they try to sell you. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, am I <laughs> they go, do you want to buy this set for fifty dollars? And my buddy's like, 
fuck yeah, I do. And I was like, yeah, I think I do too. And it's like the centerpiece of like all my photos is me and my buddy Zach and fucking the cop. <laughs> a bored David Copperfield. A bored David Copperfield. Dude, he's he can't leave. 14 shows, he can't leave. He's fucking in there. No, but I heard his fuck. Someone told me his house in Vegas is fucking palatial. And I'm sure at some point now he's, you know, he gets picked up in this fucking Rolls Royce, I'm sure. And he yeah. pulls in, he does two shows and goes back to his rape island. <laughs> Which I heard he has. That's an alleged thing, but. I mean, I wouldn't put it past. He's a fucking magician, dude. I've never met a normal hypnotist or magician. Every single one has been a creep. Oh <laughs> uh, Well, this has been fun, man. Dude, thank you. You can catch Chris Porter on May 5th at the Brewmasters in Wilson, North Carolina. May 6th through 8th at Goodnights in Raleigh, North Carolina. May 14th through 15th at 3E's in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I'm going to be on that show with him. And May 28th through 30th at the Funny Bone in Albany, New York. I'm going to be with him on that show as well. Thanks so much for tuning in to the first episode of Storytime with Brandon. I'm Brandon Patrick. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Brandon Comedy. My website, if you want to buy some merch, is brandoncomedy.com. Have a great day.